Stand on up. One, two, three, four. Angels we have heard on high, sweetly singing o'er the place. The mountains in reply, echoing their joyous face. Why this jubilee? Why your joyous strains prolong? What the gladsome tidings be, which inspire your heavenly song? Go. Him whose birth the angels sing, come adore on bended knee, Christ the Lord, the newborn King.
not against me. I am who you say I am. Come on, lift it up. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me.
Lord God, we just praise you and thank you that you are better. That even the world tells us that uh, there are so many other things and, and that have our attention. God, we just recognize that you are better and we give you praise. Now we move to this time to honor you through communion, God, and through, excuse me, through Advent. We go ahead and pray for your return and your coming because you are better than what this world has. So we give you praise in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. your joy rise again would you come would you come bring new life come oh come Emmanuel come oh come
At this time, in that same spirit of joy, we're going to honor God by receiving God's tithe and our offerings. Again, if you're visiting with us today, we do not expect you to do that. That um, You're our guest here today, and we give thanks for you. So let me pray for, uh, over this um, offering. God, we thank you for uh, the joy that you have given this world. Um, at this time of year, we sing joy to the world, and we recognize for many of us in our hearts, we're struggling with that right now. And so right now, Lord, we just pray that your Holy Spirit just come and bring that joy, the joy of the Christ child, the joy of the resurrected Savior in our lives. For all that you give to us, we want to give a portion back to you further your kingdom here and around the world. Not for us. It's not for uh, Haven Community Church, but it's for the kingdom of God. And Lord, send your blessing upon these gifts and multiply them and use them to further your kingdom, God, not ours. In your name we pray. Amen.
As salt and light, take this time as our children head to Haven Kids and everyone else just greet with those around you and then we'll go back to our seats where the video begins. not see and verse 6 and without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him and from Luke chapter 2 verses 16 through 20 so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Time, um, and focusing on those who have been lifted up in prayer. Um, we want to pray. Uh, Robin Hildebrand has lifted up a prayer request, um, lifted up a prayer request for um, La uh, Landon, a teen um, who has another tumor behind his nasal cavity. So we want to go ahead and lift up prayers for there. We also want to lift up a couple other names that, um, that I have. We want to lift up Margie Bochelle. Margie has had some time and is in the hospital and not doing too well. So we want to continue to lift Margie in your prayers and the entire family that goes on there. If anybody 
uh, over the years is not sure who that is, but you had Johnny's Chicken at one point in your life. Now you know Margie Rochelle, okay? Um, and she's, she was a, one of the early members of our church, and I know a good friend of Dot's as well, so we want to continue to lift her in prayer. The other thing is we want to lift up Harold Creek, Todd Creek's father, who was in a very severe accident, one car accident this week, um, broke a lot of bones, um, is up in Christiana, um, it's a miracle that he's here with us, but he's going to have a long recuperation. So we ask for um, his healing upon them and upon his sons and, um, and family as they administer um, love and healing to him during this time. Okay, so continue with them in prayers. All right, so let, um, that's what I have today. Um, I do have a joy. Um, 108 uh, children in our community and families were blessed with, um, in our community, shop with a cop yesterday, and um, so they have a great Christmas, and it ran very smoothly, and just uh, an amazing um, avenue for connection, so anybody who helped along with that community uh, organization, um, it's just a, a great thing. It was neat to hear um, some of the uh, children and parents saying, hey, how do I, um, how do I get in touch with you, because my kids want to stay in touch with you, and what a great gift that is as well. So let's lift um, these and other prayers up as we go to the Lord in prayer. Lord God, um, here we are again, and uh, it seems like, my gosh, it's already coming, Christmas is coming, and Lord, where did this year go? I think it's like, should be like January or something, but uh, Father, we are just kind of, uh, just sometimes in a blur, and we just need to stop. And for all that you have and for all that you've done for us. Um, and so, God, right now we want to lift up several people. We want to lift up this young man. We pray that you will uh, bring your Holy Spirit to us, that you will guide us and direct us. Lord, encourage us in this time that you'll be with his family and friends uh, as you minister uh, healing and direction. In addition, Lord, we lift up the family of Harold Creek. And ask for your uh, healing to be upon him and his family. As he, and we thank you for protecting him in this accident. And Lord, for Margie Bochelle, who has lived um, and, and lived an amazing life and continues to do so, we love her dearly. And Lord, we just pray that your hand of healing be upon her during this time, this trying time, um, and her family. Uh, during this time. So, Lord, with all these and other things, we give you praise. For those who are experiencing loss, and the first time for those who are experiencing loss as a, uh, as a family, um, just we incur, ask for your Holy Spirit to be with them during this time. And ultimately, Lord, we just want to seek you and your face. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so I'm going to grab this mic while we're Oh, wait, Dana's coming right now. I don't want you not to be able to hear me. You might fall asleep. <laughs> there we go. How did Jesus ever preach to thousands of people without batteries, right? Yeah, you know, that's one of the things. Um, who knows? So, but anyway. Um, okay, again, welcome everyone um, to Haven Community Church. Uh, many of you are, uh, are familiar faces, some of you may not be. Um, we want to welcome our church online as they join with us every single week, and we're glad to have them here. Uh, we have one rule, and that's just to be comfortable. Be comfortable and uh, hear what God has for you, and to be excited about that. I, I'd ask you to go ahead and to check out your announcement sheet that is here. Um, a couple things are, are just... Um, 
uh, normal that you can see uh, there, some of the youth group announcements. Um, again, 32 children in our community from this church were blessed by uh, Project Angel Tree. So thank you. I mean, just looking about the last month or so of the outreach and the ministry that we've done. Um, during our board meeting this year, it was amazing to see here our board members just really be pleased with the fact that how much we give to the community, um, to the nation, and to the larger world. And just to let you know, that's not, don't take that for granted. That's not something that happens in every church. Unfortunately, not every church decides to give. And for some of you who've been part of churches, when, it gets, when the belt gets tight, the first thing they begin to cut is missions and giving. And I've always had a, had a thought process, whether it be for my father or for my father, um, probably both of them, that uh, when the going gets tough, you give more and watch, see what God does because you can't outgive God. So thank you for all that and for the amazing stuff that you've done there. Um, after church today, we, um, we did have a meeting, correct, about um, if you want to find out some of the finances, things where the church, uh, that go for the church, just stay right here afterwards, and we'll go ahead and connect you. If you're new and you say, hey, I want to find out where this stuff's going, I want to find out what this church believes in, um, just really when you see some of these things, it is encouraging and enriching that Jesus Christ is alive through the gifts of, of, of all of you, and so I thank you for that. Also, you have this insert right here. And this is not for, you can take a picture of it so you can remember, but it's meant for you to give it away. Um, next week is our last week um, uh, of services before our Christmas Eve service, right? Isn't that wild? So um, our Christmas Eve service um, is made so that if people are wrapping those last presents, if they're baking those cookies, if they're going to a party and they're zipping in, come on in here at 7.30, um, just as you are. It doesn't matter. Um, just come on in. We're going to have a great time. If the kids are driving you crazy, bring them here. I'll keep them entertained for a little bit. And we'll have a great time in just celebrating the Lord's birth. Just to stop around us, all the stuff, and just to focus on why we celebrate this um, for the Lord. It's a great time to bring some people with you as we'll sing some uh, Christmas songs and, um, and just to celebrate the Lord in an amazing way. Okay, so everybody got those? All right, so um, we want you to go ahead and, and do that stuff. We are in week three. Um, of Christmas at the movies. And just to let you know, I am not the most intelligent person who originated this. This is done by many people. But one of the things is, I love Christmas movies. Some of these, after watching them four and five times a week, I'm not liking as much anymore. But um, I am watching them and, um, and going ahead so that we can put this together and have this series. And I hope you've enjoyed it so far. We have 10 days left till Christmas. And so, um, again, invite everybody here on that Christmas Eve. Um, I just scared you, and you're already thinking, i got to get to the store. Um, come on, Amazon. Prime, don't fail me now, right? Um, so you have those. But um, we've been through uh, two different um, uh, movies so far. You remember the first week we talked about Elf, right? I know him! Remember that? I know him. How many of you watched Elf? In the meantime, I've watched it again. I love it. It's one of my favorite of all times. I watch it all the time. And we talked about the joy that God has in us and, and the joy of just knowing Christ, all right? The joy that Buddy the Elf had. And last week, we talked about the opposite side of that, didn't we? We talked about the Grinch. And we talked about how we all know a little bit of Grinch, and there might be a little bit of Grinch in each of us. But what we talked about in that week is the word here, hope, and how we have hope in Christ Jesus and how that expands our heart. When we let our hearts to expand and let our hearts to heal, that uh, we don't have to be very grinchy 
in, at Christmas time. And today we're going to talk about a new, um, a new one. It's not a new book per se, but it's one that uh, has been around for a while. We're going to talk about the movie The Polar Express. Okay, and that's, that's where our clips are going to be from today, The Polar Express. And next week I'm going to give you a, a sneak preview. Next week we will be talking about something that will be on all Christmas Day, a Christmas story. You'll shoot your eye out, so be here, and we will talk about that, all right? So, the Polar Express, and by the way, just to give you a hint, um, the main character of A Christmas Story is actually in Elf, so I'll let you figure that one out, okay? Um, Here we go, though. Um, Right here, the Polar Express, the Polar Express was written and illustrated by Chris Van Alsberg. It was published by Houghton Mifflin in 1985. And a movie, it was destined to be a movie because of the success of the Polar Express. If you buy it now, it probably has a gold label of all the awards that it won. Um, And some of you may have that one uh, that is there. But it was destined to become a movie because of how how, uh, amazing of a child's book it was and uh, came out to be. And believe it or not, in 2004, yes, 2004, on November 10th, 2004, a computer animated, in the early days of computer animation movies, came out starring several different people, um, but it was a computer-generated movie. How many of you have seen The Polar Express? Um, Starring lots of people, but the main star of the time was probably the biggest star of the time named Tom Hanks. All right, and he took many of these, uh, these areas from here. So we're going to look at the Polar Express today, and we're going to take a look at that. Um, again, it grossed over $307 million in, its, in theaters when it first came out. And in the, um, in the plot of this movie, a young boy is awakened on Christmas night by the sound of a train. And to his astonishment, he ends up finding a train waiting for him. Now, up to this point, he's struggling with belief in general. And you could say that he's struggling with belief in Santa Claus itself. However, it's much, much more than that in this movie. As he goes, he sees a conductor who then proceeds to look up at his window. He runs downstairs, goes outside. The conductor explains that the train is called the... Polar Express, and it's journeying to where? The North Pole. There we go. And the boy then boards the train, and it's filled with other children, all who are dealing with their own kind of struggles about belief and other kinds of things. So it races north through the boreal forest inhabited by wolves as well as rabbits, but the train never slows down. With every challenge, it eventually arrives um, at the North Pole, And the conductor explains that Santa will select one of them for that first gift. The boy and the others see thousands of elves gathering to wait for Santa. They get into some trouble and some other things in there. And before you know it, the boy is watching and looking for Santa, who he's not quite sure he believes in yet. And a bell falls off one of the reindeer right at his feet. And in this deal, he could never hear, he couldn't, he was struggling to hear it anymore because you could only hear it ring if you believe. And he struggled, and we'll take more of that on and as we continue in the rest of this, this deal. So he's struggling with these doubts, and throughout the 
uh, the Polar Express, whether it be the book or whether it be the movie, there are several biblical parables. I'm not just going to talk about this boy and, and about the movie. I'm going to use the movie to just kind of share with you some biblical parallels. And you may say, well, you're really stretching. But actually, I'm not. What's interesting is Robert, the, uh, Robert Zemeckis, who, who wrote and produced and directed it for the movies, was asked about all these biblical parallels that, um, that occur within the Polar Express. And he kind of winked at the person and smiled and said this quote here. He said, nothing in a movie this big ends up in the script by accident. And so through this theme, it's almost as if Robert Zemeckis and the original writer, Osberg, wanted to tell a larger story that exists here. And hopefully we will be able to begin to unpack this whole thing today. And so today I want to look at the Polar Express and to look at a few principles that we can find that match this. Because ultimately the main theme, as I've alluded to already, of the Polar Express is simply this. Belief or faith is what we're looking at. The Polar Express gives us an excellent look into what not only causes us to believe, but more importantly, those things that get in the way of us truly believing and having faith in life. There are several things that begin to cause us to question. I want to ask you a question today. Have you, be honest with yourself, not just because you're in church. Don't be really churchy right now. Look at the person in the now. Say, don't be churchy. Take off your halo. All right, there we go. And, and I want you to ask this question. Have you ever, ever, ever at any point in your life questioned your belief in God? Have you ever asked, God, are you real? God, are you good? God, wait a second, are you loving because other people I see around me who, who may even stand for you don't seem very loving to me, God. Or you may be going through a struggle. You may be going through loss. And you may say, God, do you even care? And you begin to question God in this. Often many people will question God in those teen years because anybody know when you have teenagers, they've got it all figured out, right? Oh, to be a teenager again and have it all figured out, right? That would be amazing. But... For me, I think it was more my college years where I began to question and see things. And uh, during times of, of being down and depressed myself and struggling with everything that's around me and even stuff that's within me and in my heart and in my mind. Sometimes, sometimes, honestly, some of the most points where I've questioned, where are you, God, is in the midst of being a pastor. Because I'm, I don't see him much. You don't experience it much a lot of times. When you're doing the work of the Lord, as Bill Hybels once said, the work of the Lord is killing the work of the Lord in me. And so many times we don't see that, we don't feel it, and we begin to question God. Wow, is this really happening? There is actually websites of former pastors who no longer believe in God because of the pain and the challenges that they've gone through in life and in ministry. So what about you? What are those moments in your life where you've had this big question mark about God, where you've doubted? For some of you, your, may doubt, your doubt may be playing out right now in this room and right now in your mind. You may have had a loss, a hurt, or you may have billions of other questions about God. And belief at this time of year and at this time is so relevant because we have a problem. Houston, we have a problem. And this problem is simply this. We don't believe in Christmas anymore. We don't believe in Christmas 
anymore. Now, now wait a second. You say, yeah, we do, Jack. I mean, look around us. No, we believe in Christmas things. Like we believe, look at this list here. We believe in Christmas Day. It's coming 10 days from now, correct? Whether you like it or not, it's going to be here. Um, we believe in Christmas cards. How many of you sent one? How many got one? How many seen them? How many are like, oh my gosh, I got to go write them now, okay? Um, we believe in Christmas parties. How many of you going to a Christmas party? How many going to have a Christmas party? How many say bah humbug to Christmas parties? All right. How many believe in Christmas gifts? How many hope that there's some underneath the tree for you? How many bought yourself Christmas gifts? All right. How many, how many believe in Christmas lights or excited about Christmas lights? We see them all around. How many have gone around and ridden to hers or some other place? We have to tune in your radio and they play music and you see them all, you know, they always play that deck, the halls, and blah, 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 right? Light show. We've seen that in different places. We believe in Christmas carols. Some of you are insane and start playing those things by September. What is wrong with you? Okay? We believe in those. We believe in the Christmas things. But how many of us believe in that first part? Christmas. But this whole thing, Christmas, it's all about Christ. And he gets lost in much of this. Because here's the story of Christmas. I'm going to give you all of Christmas right here. And it's something you know. Isn't that cool? Don't you wish in school that you had tests that you already knew the answer before they were going to give you the test? Here it is. It begins with, for God so loved. God loved you so very, very, very much that he gave his one and only son. That's the Christmas message there. God loved so much that he gave his one and only son. He gave his one and only son. One of the names is Emmanuel, that God became with us and one of us to release us from ourselves. That God loved you so much that he gave his one and only son. That, you know the rest of this, that whoever does what? Believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You see, God not only gave us a gift, but he gave us an incredible promise to all those who believe. Belief is key and it's so important in this time of year. Because this verse, all of John 3, 16 together, for God so loved the world, he loved you that he gave his one and only son, that whoever, and notice that whoever means whoever. I think one of the things the church has been bad about over the years is picking out whoever's we want to be in the kingdom. But whoever means everyone. God so loved the world that whoever believes should not perish but have eternal life. You see, in today's culture, we need to ask the question, do we still believe this? Or is it something nice to put on a multicolored wig and hold up a sign at a sporting event? John 3.16. Is it something that we uh, wrote, go through very quickly? Or is it something that we believe in today's culture? As our culture's belief become more and more skeptical of the living God. And we begin to question our beliefs in so many ways. And we see this in several ways, but let me give you one example. Every year, the American Atheist Association makes a big push around Christmas time, and they start to put out billboards in different places. Let's look here. Here's an example of this. This was 2016 or 17. Just skip church. It's all fake news. Is it? Have we come to the point where people in our culture, in this country, look at 
For God so loved you and the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes should not perish and have everlasting life. Is that fake news? Statistics show us several different things. If we look up here at the statistics, 92 when it's asked here, believe in Jesus Christ was actually a real person. Of all people, and you can look, it's broken down into age groups. 92% of all people believe that Jesus was and is a real person. But let's look at this next chart here. We go ahead right here. You can see right here, all adults, only 56% of people, 92% believe that Jesus was a real person, but only 56% believe he was God. 18% only a religious leader. Excuse me, 26%. And 18% not sure. 26% religious leader. Of millennials, it drops down to 48%. As you saw, 87% of them don't even believe that Jesus was real. What is it that is causing us to take the greatest gift and the greatest hope of God so loved you that he gave his son? That all we have to do is believe in him. And not perish but have everlasting life. What is it that has us at this point and is causing us to go ahead and call it fake news in our lives? You see, this boy is having major doubts in the Polar Express about belief. When that train arrives, the train is for kids who are struggling to believe. And they get to go on a journey to decide whether they believe or not to North Pole. What's interesting is it's his choice to get on, and each child's choice to get on the train or not. Nobody's forcing them on. Nobody is begging them to get on. It is their choice to get on the train or not. Ultimately, in the story, the theme is it is their choice to believe or not believe. And so he gets on the train with a little, little bit of hesitation at first, but he runs and gets on the train. And all the characters on that train are dealing with something that's getting in the way of their true belief. In other words, reasons why they don't believe. I think it's a great representation of those of us who are going through this journey of life and we reach a point for some reason... And when we reach the point of this reason, we're struggling with our belief. We're struggling with God and who he is. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to look at two enemies of belief. And the first one that we're going to struggle with is I can't intellectually make sense of God. And so what I want to do is I want to look at this first clip from the Polar Express. This, guy, this young boy is talking with this, one of the three people that are the main people that Tom Hanks plays. Um, he plays a conductor. He plays a hobo who we see as kind of a ghost figure. And ultimately Santa. And just to let you know, many people have seen the illustration to the Trinity in here. That the conductor tends to be Jesus. That the hobo ghost is the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. If you're from the Southern Baptist, there you go, Holy Ghost, all right. Um, and Santa tends to be the God the Father figure. So look at this point as this boy struggles with his belief right here. Uh, 
he the king of the North Pole? You mean, you mean this guy? <laughs> what exactly is, is your persuasion on the big man since you brought him up? I want to believe, but... But! You don't want to be bamboozled. You don't want to be let down to Primrose Bear. You don't want to be caught or duped. Have the wall pulled over your eyes. Hoodwinked. You don't want to be taken for a ride. Railroaded! Seeing is believing. Am I right? But what about this train? What about it? We're all really going to the North Pole. Aren't we? Aren't we? Are you saying that this is all just a dream? You said it, kid! Not me. Other than dealing with this, he's struggling with the question. Where the, did you love how the hobo answers the question? Seeing is believing, right? Seeing is believing, right? Isn't seeing believing? Isn't that what we've been told? How can you possibly believe in something unless you see it? You know, this is like it is with God. And one of the things that I think is one of the biggest challenges to our belief in God is simply this. Belief might make me look foolish. And I don't like to look foolish. Does anybody like to look foolish? No one does. We don't want to look dumb. It's a sign of weakness. And so what do we do? Well, let's look at Scripture. If we're talking about belief, let's look at Scripture about what belief is about. And when we're talking about belief, we're also talking about faith. Hebrews chapter 11 says this. Faith is being, what's that word? Sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not. Now, wait a second here. Seeing is believing, right? But not according to the scripture, not according to the word of God, that faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see at all. It kind of makes no sense in the midst of this at all, that what we see often should be exactly what we believe. And this is what the boy is going through. There's several times, as, even as the train's going along, he sees a Santa picking it up, and then he turns and he sees it's a mechanical one, and he goes, he, every time his hopes are lifted up, he crashes down by what he sees. So many of us live our lives by waiting to see something, and we've mistaken it for God, and we're let down when it's not. This boy struggles with this, and that's what brings us to the second clip. The second clip, clip about the conductor who begins to share a story about how he was saved by something or someone he did not see. Let's look at this clip. Myself. I reached out for a hand iron, but it broke off. I slid and fell. And yet, 
I did not fall off this train. Someone saved you? Or something. An angel. Maybe. Wait. Wait. Well, what did he look like? Did you see him? No, sir. But sometimes seeing is believing. And sometimes the most real things in the world are the things we can't see. Don't you love what the conductor says? As he, he shares this story, he said, someone or something. Here, he said, what did the boy want to know? What did he look like? Who was he? Where did you see him? He wanted to know all the physical stuff. And he said to him this, this quote, sometimes the most real things in the world are the things we can't see. You see, I, I, I can't literally say God has come and sat with me and stood here and I shake, shook his hand and I, I talked to him and we had a burger to eat or whatever. I haven't had that experience. But I can tell you that I've experienced him in my life and in so many different facets of others' lives over the years of my life. You know, I started to say, this whole kind of seeing is believing thing, now i got to see it's real be before I believe it. Why do we use that to apply to God but not other things? For instance, how many of you have a cell phone? Anybody have a cell phone? How many of you see the signal as it goes out? How many see as it goes and hits the tower, and it goes and hits the other person, and it... That you see that person respond and it comes back to the tower and comes back to you and you go, oh, hello, I saw that, so I believe that you're there. No, day after day we hit the button, we dial a number, have no clue how that works. Does anybody know how clue that works? But yet we have faith that when we hit this thing, it's going to go through. And you know what? what we do when it doesn't? We get angry. Don't we? You stupid thing, I paid so much. Right, right. Time and time again. But why do we attribute that to things like a cell phone or to a light switch, but we don't attribute that to God? How many of you have ever seen a Wi-Fi signal? Right. You know what's interesting? In the vision field, anybody know the term Roy G. Bibb? That's what we see. Anybody seen x-rays? Anybody seen gamma rays? Anybody seen microwaves? But you know that sucker cooks your raviolis, doesn't it? You don't see those, but you believe in them, don't you? So why do we attribute day in and day out this nature? Why do we misattribute and say, no, I don't see, but I believe in things like that. But we attribute it to God who is greater than all these things. Time and time again. How do we know it's real? How do we know that the phone is real? Because we see the effects those things have on our lives. I know that God is real, not by what I see with my eyes, but what I see, the effect that it's had on my life and on the lives of others. See, God is at work in your life or someone else's. And faith takes action over your knowledge of it. Look at what it says here in John chapter 7. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. He says, if I am who I say I am, you will recognize it. Step out in faith. In Hebrews 11, verse 6, it says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone comes to him must do what? 
What? Believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. We have to believe, not with our eyes. How many of you have ever been messed up by something you saw with your eyes? Anybody think you, this time, you see somebody you think you know, and you, hey! Uh. Anybody ever done that? Anybody like, oh, I saw uh, this restaurant up here, and you drive for miles and miles and miles, and God forbid you think it's on one of the Jersey Turnpikes, and you miss the exit, and you drive for another year, right? Because our eyes deceive us day in and day out. I love this Martin Luther King Jr. quote, which says this, faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. Oh, yeah, we still have tons of questions, and I'm not going to minimize them. You want to ask about miracles? You want to ask how the world got created in six days? How he got all the animals two by two on a, on a big old boat? Um, how a loving God allows the most horrific evil that exists in this world? And I could go on and on and on and speak for day and day. And if I had, But here's the thing. If I had a book that you could look up that question and find the answer, I'm going to tell you people would still not come to faith. They wouldn't. Because it's faith and belief is not a checklist. I've not, I've, I can tell you, I have rarely seen someone who has a list of non-believing things that they go through and they say, okay, check one, got that one taken, check two. And when they work through the checklist, they say, okay, now I'm ready to believe. I have never, ever in my life seen somebody who goes through a complete checklist and has everything answered and decides, okay, now God and I are cool. Ever in my life. Because most come to belief, not when the obstacles are moved out of the way, but when they shrink in their lives. You see, we still, if we're honest and we've been believers for a while, we all still have some of these questions on our table. There's some things that I've always said, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God, but the cool thing is I'm not going to care because I'm going to be with him. And so, like, there's several other things that we do this by. Think of this. Reasons to have children. For some of the reasons not to have children are freedom, loss. You lose a lot of choice when you have kids, right? Um, Money, do kids cost? Yes, (laughs) right. You've seen others' kids who aren't that cool. Anybody ever seen somebody else's kids like, I am never having kids. (laughs) And some of you may say, what if I'm a bad parent? Some of you may say some of those. But I would say that anybody who has thought about having children has dealt with those or others. And guess what? Many of us still had children because they shrunk. Those those questions are not fully answered. I can let you know, if I waited to afford children, I would have zero. If I waited to be the best possible parent I could be, I would never have children. Are you following me here? That when we, when we do this time and time again, nobody should be saying, okay, I've got my checklist. I'm now 65 years old. Okay, let's have a baby. Please, God, no, right? Okay? Or I've studied so much. I've taken every parenting class that's known to all of humanity. I've, I talk, I, you know, Dr. Spock, I've ever read, read everything he has. Um, Dr. Phil told me I'm cool. Okay, now I'm 100. Let's go have kids. That's not what we do. How many of you, when you had children, you felt like completely unready for it? 
how many the older they get, you still feel completely unready for it and have questions day in, day out, but you're good at faking it. All right? Why do we have children? Because of the love that welled up in us for children. And the objections seem to shrink under the knowledge and the hope of having someone that you could pour your love into in your, in your family. Kids don't give all the time. They take and take some more and take some more. But boy, do you love him, am I right? No matter what they do. There is no perfect time to have the perfect kids. And there is no perfect time to believe. There's none. The second thing that leads us to this is pain and disappointment. Probably the number one reason why many people don't believe in God. And I will show you a picture of this boy. I believe his name is Billy. He's one of the only people we get a name for in the whole thing. There's not much that we know about him except from he's from one of the poorer areas. And he has a bunch of issues. And he always says he's not good at making friends. And he says things don't just work out for me. Things just don't work out for me. That may be your mantra in life that you are struggling and you're saying, things don't just work out for me. You may know people, if it's not yourself, that God has seemed to allow so much pain and disappointment in their lives. So how can you possibly believe in a God who is loving and is caring and is all-powerful and all-knowing if I have to deal with this hurt and disappointment time in and time out? Why would God allow more suffering? What about the people that hurt us in our lives? And you want to hear more about that? Back in September 22nd, in a You Wanted to Know series, we talked about forgiveness. And guess what? Can't answer all those questions. You can read books like The Case for Faith, etc., etc. But I want you to wrestle with one of these questions here today. And it's a question that I have for my entire existence, and particularly as a pastor, is, is why does pain and disappointment in some areas seem to drive people far away from God where for other people it tends to bring them closer. Have you noticed this? That for some people the pain and suffering that they've dealt with or the disappointment in life has caused them to run to hold on to God where other people have put up walls and run further and further away from Him. How can that be true? Because here's what I've come to know. Pain doesn't draw you away from God unless you allow it to. Maybe we just haven't been the church we should have been. Maybe we haven't been as loving to one another as Jesus called us to do. He said, love one another as I have loved you. Because when God moves in community, things happen. The movie does a great job of this. That They don't just put a boy on a trained by himself, but they put him with other people who are struggling with some of the same things or similar things to build each other up, to, get, to be a group, to get each other to a point where they can begin to struggle with their unbelief. So I want to show clip three, where Santa arrives. He's making a list, yeah. checking it twice, yeah. going to find out who's naughty and nice. Santa Claus is coming now. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows that you've been bad or good. Because you're just a 
You know, you can't always see God in life. He struggled. Everybody's like, I see him. I see him. And he's like, where? I can't see him. He's struggling to see it. He's struggling to see Santa in this case. And so many times we struggle to see God in the midst of all the stuff going on in our lives. But there are several things that happen. There comes a point where this, he sees this bell on the side. And this bell begins to roll down to the bottom of his feet. And at that moment, he has to decide, doesn't he? There's a moment that we all have to decide what we're going to do. You see, but what I've learned something that is really amazing is the boy would have never had an opportunity to be at that point to decide if he had never gotten on the train. He would have never have ever been in the right place to decide if he had never gotten on the train and chose to ride. Never riding, he would have never been there in the first place. You see, what he did is even though he never checked off his, his doubt, but what he did, he pressed forward with his doubt and got close to Santa by getting close to others. Who had the same doubts and the same fears and the same struggles. And some very different. And ultimately, you know what he did? He got to a place where he was near to Santa. For those of us here, we may be having our struggles and our disappointments and our challenges. But don't stop where you are steeped in that doubt and disappointment. Keep on going. Get together with other people. Work through that. And get near to where God is. That's why it says in... Uh, in James 4, 8a, it says, come near to God, and he will come near to you. And that's when the boy at the end of this movie, I'm going to spoil it for you a little bit here. The boy at the end of the movie gets picked by Santa to go ahead and pick a gift, and he wants that bell. He wants that bell of all things. Because our best gift is belief. Belief and faith. Give us courage and strength and peace and direction and hope and clarity and all those other things when nothing else makes sense in the world. Belief and faith make the difference. It all comes down to the choice that moves mountains in your lives. Here is where the boy makes that choice as he begins to pick this up. The bell he couldn't hear because of unbelief. 
He makes a choice. Let's see this real quick. What was that you said? I believe. I believe. I, I believe. Notice that it was not that he saw Santa first that caused him to believe. It was the choice of believing that caused him to hear. And it was the choice of believing that made him see who Santa is. For us, it is not the choice of seeing God. It is the choice of believing, and then we can see God in our lives. And then we can hear him loudly in every avenue of our lives. In the point that the struggles, they don't go away, but we can hear him ringing loudly. When, at the point when all things are falling apart, we can hear him if we just believe. Because faith is being sure what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. We've got it all backwards. We've got it all completely backwards. We can open our ears to the hearing the voice of God when we just believe. And it opens doors for the other gifts that we have in this life. In this last clip that I'm going to show to you, they all received a ticket. And when they got on, they punched a letter or so. And now that they have had this experience and they've gone through this moment of belief, he finishes what they need to know. And what belief does, it brings the rest of the gifts of God to us and strengthens those areas of weakness. Let's watch this last clip. to mean? Lean is spelled with four letters. I believed I punch. Five. Hey, are you saying I don't know how to... Oh, I'm sorry. It says learn. My mistake. Lesson learned. Take it. That is some special ticket. Sure is. So, can you count on us to get you home safe and sound? Absolutely. Me. And my friends. Ticket.
lead balloon. I believe it also was pronounced lead, as in leader, leadership. Lead the way. Follow you anywhere, ma'am. Ah, yes. Young man with all the questions. Ticket. Nothing I need to know. You get it? You see, the greatest gift that we can give ourselves is to believe. It's not for anybody else. Whether you believe, it's for you and for me. And as I zip through this gift, I'm giving you the scriptures. But the scripture tells us this. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift in the Son of Jesus Christ. Because the gift of God is not one that we can afford or ignore. We can't do anything to earn it. But we also can't keep ignoring it like the rest of the world is doing. But it enables us to do many things, and we all have our tickets, don't we? Our tickets in this journey called life. And some of us, the greatest gift, the gift of Jesus, enables us to learn. It allows us to learn things that we, we should be able to. Sometimes the know-it-all in us we know more than we think, don't we? We know more. We like to think that we know more than anyone in our lives, more than anybody who's ever lived. We have knowledge available to us right at a Google search. You ever make people, fool people and make them think you're smart by doing a Google search behind their back? Right? And we have so many burdened areas because we feel like we need to know everything. But that's why Jesus said, come to me. You are weary and heavy burdened. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Just stop life and stop carrying the load that's burdensome and take my load upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble. Some of us need a good dose of learning gentle and humbleness. The conductor said to him, when he's like, hey, what do you think I know? He's like, oh, sorry. And he said, lesson learned. Some of us just recognizing that we don't know everything is our lesson learned. Another thing that we learn is our best gift is lived out when we count on and depend on God and others. That little boy who had no friends, who had nothing in life, that little Billy who was just torn apart and lost, who said nothing works out for him, was asked, can you depend on us to get you home? And he said, you and my friends. You see, that happened in relationship. In relationship, and that's what God loves to do. And that's why in Matthew 18, 20, it says this, For whether two or three are gathered in my name, there I am also. And so anybody who says, I can worship God just as well in my living room by myself as I can with other people, you're wrong. Because we need each other. Whether you like it or not, look at the person next to you. If you don't like that one, look at the other person. You need each other. We need each other. And the church needs to be this because in the presence of God's faithful believing people not people who just check a box and say I'm a Christian God's faithful and believing people you will find God's peace in all circumstances and then the boy in the movie has a special movement where he got the bell from Santa and one of the things that happened he has a robe on and that robe tends to have a hole in it. 
And that gift that he was so precious to him, that was the avenue for his belief, was lost. Before I give you the last one, I'm going to go ahead and give you a verse, a real quick verse. You know it, I'm going to give the Cliff Notes version. Belly name, about some shepherds who were hanging out in the field. And we've, we've made that really nice, shepherds, right? But these were some of the stinky dregs of society. They smelled like sheep. They worked outside all day. They weren't the cleanest people. They weren't people who you invited to your table. Yet they were the first people that the angels appeared to. And what did they say? Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened. And then there's this lady named Mary. Mary's 13 to 15 years of age. She has traveled some 80 to 90 miles on a horse, I mean, on a donkey, pregnant, nine months pregnant. How's that sound, ladies? Worse, how's that sound, men? All her hopes and dreams of the life that she was going to have with Joseph have all been changed and all seem lost. All those hopes that she had, the things that people say about her, the things that go around it, are all going. And then while she's there, probably had her Lamaze classes in Nazareth and was all ready, but here she is in Bethlehem, time to give birth. And guess what? Ain't no room. Oh, guess what? We got a stable. Oh, great. So much for sterility. I don't think in her mind she said, I can't wait to have an unwed, to be unwed and have a child and then to be in a manger to give birth. And then all of that, these stinky shepherds show up right after I gave birth. Does that sound like somebody you want visiting when you give birth? Ladies, you're like, come on in. It's like if, if people were out at 2 o'clock in the morning at the local bar, swilling it up after working a whole day. And then they say, closing time, they say, that's all right, we're going to go visit so-and-so. She just had a baby. How many excited about that? This is the picture of what was going on. All the hope that Mary had thought she had had about that normal life was lost. Oh, but she had a gift that was even greater. It was even greater. Because look what it says here. But Mary treasured up all these things. Wait, what a second. She did what? She didn't get angry. She didn't get frustrated. No, Mary treasured all them up in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God because they believed. They believed and they said, let's go. The shepherds would have never seen Jesus if they hadn't stopped what they were doing and went by believing. The other people would have never known about it if they hadn't heard these shepherds in the middle of the night talking about what they had seen. Mary would have never have believed and been the mother that she was for Jesus if she had never just looked outside of herself and saw something more. Oh, but her gift was not lost. Why? Because she tread them up. And this is the last one I want to give to you. Because the perfect gift is, is uh, never stop believing even when everything's lost. The end of the movie. The boy's upset that he lost this gift. His friends try to console him, and he gets up Christmas morning, and they've opened all the presents, and his sister says, there's one more, and he opens it up, and there's a letter from Mr. C who says he found something in his sleigh. Thanks be to God for the indescribable gift as our worship team comes up. You see, what 
What is given to us by God is never lost. It may be hidden, and we may have to look to find it at different times. But it's never, ever, ever lost. And so, for us, it's all the same question. Do you believe? Do you believe in God the Father? Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Do you believe in his resurrection? Do you believe in all those things? Do you believe? Can you hear him? Let's stand up and let's worship him today. Lord God, we just... uh, Thank you once again for bringing us here, for causing us to come to this place where the bell's at our feet. We have to make a choice in our lives. Do I believe? Do I believe? So Lord, we've got our, many of us may have our tickets, but the question of belief is right before us here today. Lord, this altar is open. This room is for you. Our hearts are Maybe searching out some of these deepest questions. This last year may have been one of struggle that we had never thought we would ever make it through. But in all this, God, help us not recognize that seeing is believing, but believing opens up eyes that we have never seen through before. So during this time, God, ring your bell loud and clear so that we can hear your voice, hear you speak to us. In this season that's so clouded by so many things, we believe. We believe. Be real to us right now, God. There may be somebody here right now who has been struggling with this doubt and and the intellectual questions of God's existence and time and time again. Right now, God, tell them, you don't care about those questions. You'll help them answer it. Just believe. Just believe. His faith can move mountains. And all these things, God, we give you praise in your name. Amen. In this time of desperation When all we know is doubt and fear There is only one foundation We believe We believe In this broken generation When all is dark you help us see There is only one salvation We believe We believe We believe in God the Father We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the Holy Spirit. And he's given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion. We believe that he conquered death. 
We believe in the resurrection And he's coming back again We believe So let our faith be more than anthems and greater than the songs we sing. And in our weakness and temptations, we believe. We believe. We believe in the Holy Spirit, and He's given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion. We believe that He conquered death. We believe in the resurrection, and He's coming back. He's coming back again. Express writes for the young man at the end. At one time, most of my friends could hear the bell, but as years passed, it fell silent for all of them. Even my sister Sarah found one Christmas she could no longer hear its sweet sound. Though I've grown old, the bell still rings for me, just as it did for all who truly believe. Never, ever, ever grow too old that the bell of Christ stops ringing for you. May you all believe. And because you're all such good passengers today, as you leave out here today, we have a belief sticker for you to show that we believe. Have a great week. God bless.
Your name, your name is big. 